here we are. We've made it. We've survived another week. A whole week since our last recording. A whole flippin' week in this wonderful, wonderful time that we are experiencing. Mm-hmm. We are recording this in the distant past. Uh, yes. And I'm glad that by the time this episode comes out, everything has been rectified and everything is okay again. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, there's no possible way things are not completely 100% resolved already. I'm guaranteeing it. 100% everything is fine now. Cheers. You can send all PMs to King Monkey if things are not fine right now. <clears throat> that is a guarantee. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I get no respect. <laughs> Feels warm in here all of a sudden. <laughs> I'll just turn my fan up. Yeah, maybe it's the space heaters that I have between the piles of laundry. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Is that a is that a fire? <laughs> it's a callback from the previous joke. It's it's a running gag anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's probably why I didn't keep up with it because I barely walk anymore. Oh, uh, I don't. Oh, you can't do that without. I don't have a rim shot all loaded up and ready to go. Oh. <laughs> I, and my, mine's all closed yeah. <laughs> okay it's alright we're good see yes. Birched we're responsible even though you're not paying us <clears throat> yes yes. this month it's all about shilling <laughs> absolutely and if given the opportunity absolutely 100% <laughs> for sure but no this, this, this month is actually about playing a game playing on games. RPG Crossing we are in week two of that mm. setup, where we are going to be talking about getting a character idea for a game that you found. Right on. But before we get there, King Monkey, what character idea have you wanted to play but not yet found a home for? I will tell you, I've got two. Well, I asked for one, so I'm going to have to have you roll it back. You get one. You know what? No problem. I'll stick with the first one. <laughs> Um, so the first one I had was someone had proposed a third level game. And so I, uh, had rolled up a character and applied, didn't get through. The idea was uh, a young man who had been raised in a druidic circle hmm. and from time to time they would do trades with the, uh, with the local town that was not far off. And he was enamored with the idea of urban life to the point where he started sneaking out, visiting the city, fell in with a bad crowd eventually accrued significant gambling debts and in the end in order to save his own hide accidentally or sorry actually turned the the thieving crew on to the location of the druidic circle hmm. basically saying i know where i know where you can get treasure to pay my debts and then well the rogues the bandits went and raided the place and things got bad and there were deaths and the character has lived with the guilt of what he's done for so long. So at that point, he was a level two druid, level one rogue. So mm. basically a shape-shifting rogue living in, uh, living a, a pitiful life in the city. Hmm. I never got a chance to play him, but I was like, that's a cool idea. That's how you take <laughs> someone from a class that just doesn't, the classes that just don't mix for multi-class, uh, multi you know? Yeah. Druid, oh, rogue. But I mean, you can make that work. A, a rogue who can turn into a weasel or a cat? Psh. Forget it. You're in everywhere, oh, yeah. you know? I, I've actually had a few mm -hmm. characters who did stuff like that it, through various iterations. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I definitely get it. I had one that I called just the Shadow. I mean, very original. And he. I don't uh, think anyone in D&D has ever used that as a name I, for their character I know. It was, I was, I was probably clever. the first. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, he just, that's what he did. He, he, was, a, he was a rogue by mm -hmm. trade, but he was a druid 
by class and kind of used his shape-shifting to get him into places that he couldn't normally get into. Okay, yeah, that's a cool idea. I don't know that I actually have a character idea that I haven't actually played. Not one that I kind of sit there and think, mm-hmm. I really want to find a home for this. Yeah, yeah. Because most times I come up with the character when it's time for a, to apply to a game. Yeah, I can see that. And well, then, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess the closest I've got is the first character. Well, the second character I made for the site mm-hmm. was a uh, he was an old three point five D and D character, right? Who was who was a dragon fire adept? So he, he was very in tune with the dra- draconic bloodline, but he also mixed in divine spellcasting so that he could actually breathe out a cone of healing, which I oh. thought was just super cool. And unfortunately, he got driven away. He was all about, like, debilitating people so that they could be talked to and not have violence, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately doesn't work in a lot of groups. Yeah, for most (laughs) D&D, we don't exactly take a real-life approach to problem-solving or interpersonal (laughs) difficulties in D&D. So I guess he's a place I'd love to find a home for, either him or another version of him down the road. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I've always liked the idea of doing something, sort of like your your druid rogue idea, taking tools meant for something else and using them a different way. I've always enjoyed that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think It's a Verb has a new verb for us this week. That guy always has a verb. I know. Like He's such a pain in the butt, isn't he? Yeah. And if you don't want us to say things like that, Verb, you can always send us a little cash. Yeah, I'm, we we're not just looking for endorsements from Birch to anyone who's willing to, you know, chip in for. Uh, yeah, you can have nice absolutely. things said. You can have your game advertised. Yes, this is sure. a nationally syndicated podcast. I mean, it'll come out long after your game has actually started, but you can gladly pay us the money, and we'll gladly take it. <laughs> you can I... pay us today for an advertisement in a couple months. <laughs> I, you know, the math still works out. One plus one down the road still equals two. So, <laughs> so just I don't see ahead. an issue. I don't see an issue. It's a verb. So what's his random verb of the week this week? It's a verb's random verb of the week is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. repair. Repair. Edric the Bard needed to repair his pants after a particularly good performance. Wait, what happened to his pants? What? Huh? Sorry, I'm, I don't understand the question. <laughs> now, on to our main topic today. Indeed. <laughs> you have successfully, with our help, picked a game that you are going to apply to. Not and you, we'll... King Monkey. The oh, people okay. That I'm I was, I was Not you specifically. <laughs> I did what now? <laughs> <laughs> so now we got to figure out how you go about finding the character you're going to use in that game. Mm-hmm. So my first question... For actually you this time, King Monkey. Not the ro- yeah, okay. Not, not the, not the royal you. The royal yeah. Not okay. not the not the community for you right. specifically. Okay. Do you reuse characters either from other games that are dead or from other applications? I have not done so. Um, okay. I don't think I have a specific holdout. Like I don't think it's for a specific reason. I wouldn't deny someone entering a game into a game I'm running because they're saying that they're reusing a character. Um, I think for me, it's just each time I create a character, it's a chance to come up with something new. So okay. I think that's part of the process for me to get into a game is to think of a new character uh, using elements of that world. Okay. I can definitely see that. And I can see some of the 
the downsides of reusing a character. They can feel disconnected from the setting or yeah. from the story that they're trying to tell at a certain point. Yeah, but it depends. If you have a character personality-wise or motivation-wise, I don't see an issue with retooling a background of a character to fit into a new setting. You just have to actually put the effort into doing that. Right, right. Because if you just slap something on there that's generic, it stands out as generic. Yeah, or if you've left in the names of cities on Faerun when you're playing in another world, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, more than just slap a coat of paint on it, just take out some of the parts and figure out how that character could integrate into the, the new campaign setting fully. Yeah, for sure. So it's not something I've done, but I, I don't, I wouldn't hold, I, like, I wouldn't mark against someone for doing that. Okay. W when you are picking your character up, and I think I already know the answer for this, mm -hmm. do you ever consider the mechanics of the system in designing your character? Or do you come up with the character and then find the right mechanics that fit? Yeah, the mechanics are a secondary concern for me. Okay. First, I want to come up with a compelling story for the character. Um you know, sort of flesh out who that person is and then just sort of throw the dice at it wherever it fits. Hmm. Okay. I can be either the same or opposite at times, depending on various factors. Sometimes I read the hook of a, of a game and I'm like, I know exactly what kind of character and I need to find the mechanics that fit it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think, oh, you know, I've always wanted to try these mechanics. Here's how that character kind of melds into those mechanics. But for me, when I'm making the character, the mechanics always go hand in hand with coming up with them because I like to imagine how they got to that point. Like in old 3.5, I had a warlock and I'd always imagine the way he would generate his various things and how that looked. Yeah. And so that was a very key part of who that character was to me at the time, but it was mechanically driven because he's not going to have a gesture or emotion for something he doesn't do, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say for that one, it's, it's, that's definitely one of the ones where it, there's no right or wrong way for that. Absolutely. Everyone is going to come up with a character in a different way. Oh, of course. I mean, sometimes sometimes you see a class or you see a mechanic, mm -hmm. you're like, that's cool. I have to use that. And Yeah. yeah. And other times when, uh, if you're looking at the other characters who've applied, sometimes if you are of the mind where you want to sort of make a well-rounded party, then you'll look at the mechanics of the characters that are already in play. You know, mm. if you see that the party is leaning towards all spellcasters and maybe you want to be a meat shield, you know, that sort of that element of the of the mechanics, looking at what's already been covered adequately. Yeah, that can definitely play into it. And that can mm -hmm. also play into some of the other things you could consider when building that first character for an, a game. Yeah. Are you going to tie it to, I think, as you said last week, sometimes you look at what other characters have built or other players have built and you're like, ooh, that's cool. I could build that into my character in this way. Yeah. So so sometimes you tie your character either to other characters or to other characters' world building? Yes. Uh, yeah, I've done that in the application threads for sure a uh, handful of times. But other, I think, like if we're talking about character creation yeah, are we talking about during the application part, or is no, this kind of like week. okay? Next so... week is actually the application part of it. This is just yeah. forming the character. Do you, yeah. So you you don't consider the player tie-ins during the actual character formation in your head? Oh no, I I do I do. Uh, but I okay. guess I was going to elaborate that once 
if I have been accepted, then I would continue to find ways to further integrate the characters uh, before gameplay starts so that it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it was you were saying, you know, so that way you have a group of characters as opposed to five solo players. Mm-hmm. I think that was you that said that on the discord or something. Anyway. Maybe. I mean, uh, if, it, if it sounds smart, it probably came from me. Uncharacteristically wise, I think is the, the phrase I used. <laughs> but yeah, that, no, I mean, in unfortunately advance, sounds. I would, <laughs> <laughs> in advance, I would do that for sure. But it's also, I mean, it's an evolving process. So as you're, you know, creating the final character sheet, you can always look for further excuses to build links between the different characters, right? Definitely. I, I definitely want to connect to other characters when I can after the game has kind of set, picked its people, you're, here's who you're going to play with. I yep. always worry picking someone to partner with beforehand. Oh, yeah. Because you might Or get even just building off of a... what they're doing. Yeah, because sometimes yeah. A, a GM might see that and be like, oh, but they're also tied to this person who I'm definitely not accepting, so they're both out. And yeah. I don't want to... It, it feels... It almost feels disingenuous to do that and then try and connect them later. But I feel like that's a more... It may be the only option you have, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, I, I can see that it would sort of double your chances of being accepted and double your chances of being rejected. So. Yeah, and it can, and, and it some GMs may do that. Some may look at it and be like, oh, I like this character. That one I don't like as much, so we're just going to take the one, and they'll retool as we go, all that kind of stuff. So there's... Mm-hmm. As as we will we have said and we will continue to say, there is no one right answer. Right, and I would say that as a DM for me, uh, selecting character or players to join, if they've already done some of the legwork of forming connections with the other players, that makes it that much easier for me rather than having to run the introduction in a bar. You know what I mean? Okay, interesting. So I mean, so there you go, a couple different couple different perspectives on it, and. None of them are the right perspective. And I mean, the other thing you could always ask the DM, I suppose, if they're running the advertisement and you want to ask clarifying questions, do not bombard them with Mm -hmm. questions. But you can always say, hey, I have an idea to link my character with this. Does that sound cool? You know, a couple of simple questions. I would hesitate to ask a DM too many players. uh, Sorry, too many questions. (laughs) You know, we've seen people on the Discord talking about, I've got this thread up and running and this person's already asked me a dozen questions by a pm it's like yeah you want to you want to spread it out a little bit take some time and he's up if you ever are being like half of the replies in a game ad definitely hit the brakes hard yeah and talk eh? to other people go to the discord go to an ad thread build it where you can and get all your questions in one spot that way the next time you can have say here's the questions i have when you get a chance no rush I'd like these answers because that'll help me build my character who is over in this place and you can check them out at your leisure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you're bombarding constantly, even if it's about story stuff, and especially from what I hear a lot of people about mechanic stuff, you're going to drive people to not want to have you because... They're going to assume you're doing that during the game every couple of posts as well. And that might be more time than they have to dedicate to the game. Right. Exactly. Time time is a very big factor for some of this. And yeah. some DMs only get on like once or twice a day. So if mm-hmm. they come on and see 12 different questions every day, that's going to be like, no, nope, no, thank you. <laughs> I, ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right. I, I always like helping DMs in that way. When I've been in game seeking players, if I know 
a DM or if I've read through all their stuff, if someone asks a question, I'll say, hey, it's in this part of the opening thread. You might want to check that before you ask. That way you don't bother the DM. Yeah. And that's backfired on me a couple times. They're like, hey, I'm the DM here. And one time they're like, uh, dude, you're awesome. Thanks. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, you know, everything you do is not going to affect everyone the same way. Yeah, true. But you know what? Uh, you you actually do bring up a good point. If someone calls you out for doing that sort of thing, you say, oh, shoot, sorry, just trying to help. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can, uh, and maybe this isn't a readily believed thing on the internet, but you can just say, oh, I'm sorry, I overstepped my bounds. I didn't mean to. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to correct you here. We are on the internet. You cannot apologize. You just said, I'm sorry. I'd like to. Yeah, but you didn't mean we're not it, on the internet. We're not on the internet right now. I'm oh, talking okay. about rpg crossing that's the internet you can't do that there podcasts i can say whatever i want because ultimately i'm gonna you know decide what makes it the final cut anyway well i mean i guess it's a canadian thing (laughs) we apologize all the time i mean we don't really mean it Uh, we don't really mean it i thought you were supposed to stop reminding me you were canadian but here's the thing honestly people are like oh canadian is so polite yeah we say it it's like a reflex reaction you know, you, someone drops their change on the bus and then they apologize to the person behind them for slowing them down. They don't really mean it. It's just sort of saying, oh, I acknowledge I've done a thing. It doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> it's kind of like be... if someone like yeah. lightly slaps you on the shoulder and you go, ow, it, it didn't really hurt. You just trained to say ow. When yes, someone hits that's you. right. Yeah. So I hate to spill the beans for my fellow Canadians, but most of the apologies don't actually mean anything. I knew it. You people are just as bad yeah. as the rest of us. No. Oh, no. We're still not as bad as you. <laughs> and uh, pause for edit. <laughs> yeah, we're not all of this needs to make podcasts. Uh, so, so the other piece here yeah. that we haven't covered yet when you're making a character is how much or how little do you tie your character into the setting or story that the GM is presenting at that point? Yeah, I can. That's kind of a fine line thing. Because uh, you you want to include certain elements of it. You want to create a bit in order to firmly establish that you belong to the setting. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to write yourself up to be integral to the plot in advance. And you know what I mean? Like you don't want to... I, like I feel there's a point where you can overdo it. Uh, agreed. Where if you're in a general mercantile setting and you write yourself up as a princess who oversees all merchants... You might have just kind of overstepped a little bit yeah, because you're yeah, kind of taking the reins of the story at that point. I mean, a sufficiently gifted writer might be able to do it better than I can, but I feel like at a certain point you're sort of stepping on the DM's toes. Right, right. You want, you want to slot into the story, not overwhelm the story. Exactly, exactly. For me, I tend to try and I, I tend to look at the story as a bubble. And I try and be one of those little bubbles that forms on the outside of it. So I'm. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So I'm right there, but I'm not. And I'm touching, but I'm not really like fully interacting until the character like enters the story. At that point, then I create the space for them to have. Oh, here's how they got here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you just even it can even be as simple as acknowledging some of the setting locations in your character's background. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if there are larger groups or guilds that have mentioned, you know, just indicate to what extent you may have heard of them. You know what I think it is? I feel like you're sort of running the risk of becoming the coolest character in the room if you try and tie yourself to too many of the elements that have been indicated. I think for for me, when I see 
characters who integrate with the story, it, it does become a dichotomy of it's either done really well or it's done really poorly. I don't necessarily find, in my experience, I don't see applications that do it kind of middling. I would say they probably do, but those are the ones you forget about. Oh, it, it's possible. You know, it's kind of like good movies and bad movies, but you, no one remembers mediocre movies, right? <laughs> I don't know. Some some really bad dragon movies are out there that we could watch. Yeah, but those are those are good in their awfulness. What I'm saying is like <laughs> thoroughly middle of the road movies, no one remembers them, right? Hmm. It yeah. could be. Oh, it's and definitely... the other thing is, I mean, when, when you're cr- trying to create a character, it's like... Um, Make sure that it's the story of your character fits the tone of the game too, right? Mm. Like if it's a relatively light-hearted, uh, fairy-based campaign, don't be a grim and gritty, you know, Warhammer 40k character. You know what I mean? Or if it's a grim and gritty story, don't be an awesome Eli because yeah, he is exactly. always throwing Shadowrun characters. He's always <laughs> playing a Shadowrun character in your He's game of Warhammer some... 40k kobold who's yeeting people off into the sunset yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's just, it's really just a question of matching the tone of the story right very much so yeah and and i think if you are if you have that connection to either the story or you're just that good as a writer mm-hmm. that directly relates to how well you can kind of slide them into the deep parts of the story at the beginning whereas yeah. i know my limits and I would struggle trying to do that. So I kind of put myself on the outside, ready to come in. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's nothing wrong with creating a character who kind of doesn't fit in either. Maybe that's the whole point of the character. Far Traveler, Ooh. or someone from another world who's literally just acclimating because they've never been to Chevy Corvair, you know? Yes. What What about cliches? So, you know, the the dark, brooding loner, that kind of stuff. How do you deal with that do you purposely not use them do you see yourself using them and steer away how do you kind of interact with that i would say that there's nothing inherently wrong with a cliche and again it can all be campaign dependent but the reason these cliches exist is because they are sort of solid archetypes Hmm. the i think the key is to if you're going to play a character who's a brooding loner and it becomes cliche Sometimes it can just take uh, one or two twists, you know, add one or two elements that humanize or fully flesh out the character so that you see, yeah, he's a brooding loner, but it's because he's got he's gotten hurt and he's actually a sensitive soul. It, hmm. Instantly, with just by adding one layer, it becomes less cliche. Or okay. if you're playing a comedy game, I played a brooding loner who was basically a knockoff ranger, uh, Clint Eastwood as a ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Raven Black Grimblade was his character name, and he basically oh, had pouches all over him. He was a 90s character slash oh, Clint God. Eastwood <laughs> turned into a ranger. He was awful, and he was hilarious. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a specifically a comedy-themed game, so you get away with a lot more ridiculous nonsense that way. <laughs> well, that about concludes our message on finding your character once you've found the game. Next yeah. time, we're going to talk about building that application, what sort of things that we look for and we put into our applications, mm-hmm. how you might format that. But until then, we have to determine the random quest to go along with our main quest for our adventure assemble. Right, section. Right. 
So we're in the Barren Hills yes. with a dwarven goldsmith. We don't know if he's a hill. I think he wasn't a hill dwarf. We decided that he was a thoroughly unpleasant dwarf by dwarven standards, and the rest of the caravan had abandoned him in favor of his apprentice, right? Yes, we had right. determined that they, for whatever reason they were in these hills, he was part of a caravan, and mm-hmm. his caravan opted to ditch him because his apprentice was good enough and he was that unpleasant. Yeah. So now we're going to throw... you got to imagine, like, what's a thir- what's an unpleasant dwarf by dwarven standards? Because dwarves, if they're not played as Scottish drunks, are largely played as dour jerks to begin with. Like, <laughs> maybe he just wasn't unpleasant enough by dwarven standards. Oh, maybe he was too pleasant? Yeah, he's, at, he's oh. polite and asking people they're, how they're doing. And it's like, I don't no, know. I, don't, I think, I think I don't you're being a bit, I think you're being a bit dwarfist here. Yeah, maybe. That's, <laughs> yeah, I apologize to all our dwarven listeners. Oh, no. I think you just made it worse somehow. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> but you need a D10. Okay, one moment, please. No. I have a D10. Okay. Wait, I have to isolate the, from the rest of the... <laughs> Now you're dicest. Oh my gosh. Getting worse. Okay. I have a D10. I shall roll okay. it. Okay. Yes, roll it. Eight. Rolling much higher than last time. An angry ex-adventurer named Beta, B-E-A-D-A. Okay, I was seeks curious. A, seeks a company of adventurers to rescue the village of Hyrist from Gothmog of Yudun. <laughs> <laughs> I may oh. end up getting you to repeat some of those names later down the line. <laughs> as I'm, I have no doubt you'll remember them, but I certainly will not. Oh, Beta, man. That is... village of Hyrest, to save them from Gothmog? Gothmog of Yudun. Gothmog of Yudun? Are you done? You're done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> An angry ex-adventurer. Ex-adventurer. Beta. So, so maybe... Oh, my. Maybe Beta... Is our gourd, our dwarf goldsmith? Oh, he's he's he was thoroughly unpleasant because he's an ex-adventurer, no longer satisfied with adventuring. Tried to turn to the goldsmithing life, but found that it also wasn't satisfying for him. Got abandoned by his group. Found the city of Hyr- or the village of Hyrest in the barren hills, and now what? Gothmog of Yadun has come <laughs> to try and take over the place, and he's like, you know what? I'm too old for this. Let's get some new jerks to ter- come and do this work for me. I got goldsmithing to do. Potentially, yeah. Okay. I see. I keep saying it as you done. I know done. it could be Udun, because it's U D U N. No, sorry, it's too late. But I, you, I like you done. You done? You done? I mean, he's. Beta is trying to get someone to save this village from <laughs> Gothmog. Gothmog of and, you and, done. And he's known as Gothmog of you done. Because wherever he goes, you're done. You're done. I'm here now. You're done. Hey, it's Gothmog over here. And now this village, this Hyrest, you're done. <laughs> All right. Let me let me just put this. This is shaping up to be solid gold. <laughs> I will say. Oh, gosh. And Edric the Bard has to somehow do something with this. <laughs> oh, boy. That's right. How is he going to How is he going to try and uh, deal with Gothmog of you done? It's a mystery, a genuine mystery. So Beta, we've kind of decided, is just kind of a happy-go-lucky dwarf. Is that where we settled on that? What, he wasn't pleasant enough for dwarven standards? Well, is that where we landed, or do you want to kind of revisit that? I think Beta is the ex-adventurer who is now turned to a life of goldsmithing. He's a dwarven adventurer. 
ex-adventurer. Okay, so he gave up the life of adventuring. To be a goldsmith. And so how did he end up in the Barren Hills then? Is it still for that caravan? Yeah, yeah. He was left because he was... Oh, that's why they kicked him out, because he was constantly going on about his life as an adventurer. And they're like, yes, we've heard the story. We've heard the story. We're all 350 years old. We've heard this story 175 (laughs) times. He he's like the guards of Skyrim, you know. He used to be an adventurer yes. like you guys mm-hmm. till I took a till I started goldsmithing to the knee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then how how does he know about Gothmog of Yadun? Well, I think he he settled in the village of Hyrst after he was abandoned on the on the barren hills, right? Now Gothmog is a separate okay. party. He okay. leads, he leads the raiders of Yadun. And uh, Gothmog is just continuing his course of pillaging across the city, or sorry, across the plains. So Gothmog is like a like a, a, a leader Khan. of a war party type thing. Yeah, he's like a Genghis Khan type. And so Beta, our dwarf, heard about him approaching this way, and he's trying to warn people. No one's taking him seriously, so he's seeking out someone to try and stop this before it gets to him. There we go. Cool. I like this. This is way less convoluted than last time. <laughs> you know what it is? It started off as kind of a joke, but it, it there is a serious story capable, uh, you know, living somewhere in there. Very cool. Well, I am excited to see what comes next as we throw in the random twist and introduce our characters that will be undertaking this quest. Right on. Until then... You've been King Monkey. I have, despite the best of intentions on all parties, and you have been Simmy. <laughs> yes, twice in a row now. We're we're on a run. Yeah. <laughs> we will we see sort, you next We've sorted out who we are. So, <laughs> well, good, I mean, first step. does anybody really know what time it is? I mean, what is time? <laughs> anyway. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you later, guys. <laughs> Still need to come up with a way to sign off, don't we? Nah. What's that voice that keeps talking to me? Oh, God, it's my kids.